Welcome to Immerse, Nourish, Release, the HANA podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Higgins, and I'm the founder of HANA, a wellness space based in Auckland, New Zealand, that provides infrared saunas, ice baths, and light therapy treatments, alongside a range of premium health and wellness beauty products. It is with great pleasure that I bring you these episodes, which have been formulated with the intention to nurture and support you on your wellness journey, no matter where you are. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Amass Nourish Release podcast, Hannah family. As you may notice, it's a slightly different voice that's speaking to you right now. A little update on our end, Sarah obviously has had her little baby since we last spoke and during this time of pause, we've just been kind of cultivating more ideas as to what we want to share with you on here and how we're going to share it, who's going to share it. So kind of bringing myself back in. Hi, I'm Phoebe. And today I'm joined by Shaz. Hi, Shaz. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Shaz and I are going to be co-hosting the podcast while Sarah is still on break. So these kind of mini episodes that Shaz and I are going to be running are going to be kind of focused in on specific health topics. And then we are, of course, going to bring back on guests, which Shaz is going to interview for us as we go. So let's dive straight into the first episode back. It's so nice to be back and also so lovely to be here with you, Shaz. Yeah, no, it's it's really nice to be back here in the space. Awesome. So today we're going to be discussing quite a big topic, which is something that a lot of, I guess, our clients at HANA come to us for, but also Shaz, yourself as a naturopath, you'll probably see a lot of people for this topic as well. Mm, yeah. Um, So today we're going to be discussing hormones, what they are, how they affect our body and what we can do to support them and keep them in a healthy balance. Let's start with the basics. What exactly are hormones and what hormones are there in the body? Yeah, so hormones are chemical messengers in the body that are often released from different glands in the body. So sort of similar to the neurotransmitters in the brain, hormones are released from the glands into the bloodstream and they go and target certain tissues and cells in the body and they cause changes in those cells and tissues. So some examples of hormones are, if I want to broadly divide them into two main groups, it would be the peptide hormones, which are made of amino acids, which are the building blocks of the body and they come from protein. So um, peptide hormones include your thyroid hormones, your T4 and T3, which is, um, you know, your thyroid hormones are important for setting your body's metabolic rate or basal metabolic rate. So yeah, thyroid hormones affect every single cell in the body. And then you've got your steroid hormones, which are actually made of cholesterol. Uh, so they come from fats, or I guess what I should say is we need we need healthy fats in our diet to produce our steroid hormones. And they include your sex hormones, so the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA and and other sex hormones and then they also include your um, stress hormones, cortisol, cortisone and some others 
So yeah, those are the main groups. And your sex hormones are obviously, you know, what for women, they're responsible for regulating the menstrual cycle, uh, important for fertility, for reproduction, for your libido, all, all kinds of things related to um, reproduction. Yeah, that's super interesting because I think when we think of hormones initially, personally myself, I go directly to those sex hormones, kind of estrogen, progesterone, and then also kind of the stress-related ones that you mentioned. I mean, I've heard of thyroid, but I I never really kind of realized the two separations in the type of hormones. It's a really cool way to kind of like start and introduce the different types. Yeah, and they do work, you know, your thyroid hormones are really important for your reproductive function and um, your sex hormones. They, they kind of all work together. So if I was someone, for example, that was concerned with perhaps like having a hormonal imbalance of some type, what are some of the common signs that might be coming up for me in terms of having a hormonal imbalance? Or what are some of the things that people should be aware of that may indicate hormonal imbalance in some form? Yeah, um, I guess, you know, for a woman, you would be looking at the menstrual cycle. You know, you may be having irregular periods. You might not have a period at all, but for like an extended period of time, you might not be ovulating. So, you know, things like fertility will be affected, heavy periods, that's one related, can be related to an imbalance. PMS symptoms are also often linked to an imbalance. Hormonal acne, which you would notice a jawline, chin, and sometimes neck acne, uh, that often is worse around the period low libido um infertility and miscarriage obviously those are big ones and yeah even for men you know you're looking at low libido um an inability to because your testosterone is responsible for your ability to um build muscles so if you're struggling to build muscles there could be something going on with testosterone mood mood imbalances low mood anxiety you know Low energy is a big one with hormones, brain fog. Oh, there's so much. Um, weight gain, difficulty losing weight is a big one, especially when it comes to the thyroid hormones. So, yeah, I think those are probably the, some of the main ones that you'd want to look out for. It seems like quite an extensive list that I feel like probably most people can say that at some point they've had one of these kind of big issues arise for them and I guess what I'm hearing is like the importance of our hormone health is probably very important in relation to a lot of our general health would you say yes absolutely and you know um often you get when it comes to like the mood imbalances or like I get quite a few clients coming and seeing me that are finding that they really struggle during the female clients that really struggle during the second half of their menstrual cycle. So they're feeling really low or they're feeling really anxious and stressed. And, you know, that indicates to me that there's something going on with progesterone. There's, you know, that's not being produced to the level that it needs to be. It's not a sustained production of progesterone through that second half of the cycle or the luteal phase so yeah that's that's quite that one is quite common I think I've I've seen that quite a lot 
as a naturopath and looking after people with their hormone health like as you're obviously getting to the root of what kind of imbalance someone may have like what are some of the main causes for the imbalances that people have Mm. yeah I think one of the main ones is stress chronic stress your body is not designed to be under chronic stress the stress response is there to help us survive um, and escape from threat. So, you know, if you think back, like evolutionarily, your, you know, your cortisol peaks uh, and allows you blood to come into your muscles and let you escape from a lion or a tiger or whatever it is in, in nature that's a threat to you. But a lot of people these days are just chronically stressed with work deadlines and traffic and financial difficulties, relationships, you know, challenges. Um, and because your stress hormones and your sex hormones are all there's steroid hormones and the stress hormones are made down the same biochemical pathway as your sex hormones, your body will always favor survival over, over reproduction. So um, if you're chronically stressed, you're not you're not gonna be producing the sex hormones the way you should be. And then you're gonna, you know, there's a lot of um follow-on symptoms that happen. And then, yeah, so stress is a big one um, and it affects the thyroid as well. Obviously, stress is huge when it comes to autoimmune disease. So then autoimmune thyroid disease and stress are highly linked. And the other main ones would be poor diet. So a diet that's inflammatory, a diet that is high in refined sugar and refined grains those nasty, chemically processed, industrialized vegetable seed oils, your canola, sunflower, safflower, soybean oils, they're really highly inflammatory. So any kind of inflammation can affect our hormones. Um, and obviously that dysregulation of blood sugars when you're having a really sugary snack without, you know, um, that's not balanced, then your peaks and troughs and blood sugars can affect your insulin sensitivity which can affect your hormones um yeah so there's that um poor diet and also lack of those nutrient cofactors so a, a diet that is nutrient deplete that's you're not getting enough of the b vitamins you're not getting enough of b6 b12 um so many so many nutrients are involved in the kind of in the production of our hormones so yeah a diet that doesn't isn't high in those um, nutrient dense foods like egg yolk and green leafy vegetables and um, fatty fish. And um, yeah, there's a lot of nutrient dense foods out there that I would definitely, for someone who's trying to balance their hormones, I would try to um, include more of in my diet. Uh, so yeah, diet and stress and then toxins is huge. Your liver is responsible for detoxification or the metabolism of hormones. So your body produces hormones, uses hormones, and then the ones that your body doesn't need are sent to the liver to get metabolized or converted into fat-soluble forms so that you can then basically poop them out. Yeah, so your body's eliminating hormones through that two-step pathway in the liver 
And if you're overburdened by toxins, you're smoking, you're drinking loads of alcohol, being exposed to chemicals through your work environment, nail technicians, hairdressers, farmers using pesticides, your liver is overburdened and it's not going to be able to metabolize hormones the way it should. Then you've got all these lingering hormones floating around in the body. And some of those hormone metabolites are actually even, they're more harmful like they can be quite harmful, like they can cause excess growth to occur. Some of the conditions out there that are related to the the reproductive organs, like your uterine fibroids, even endometriosis and even breast cancer are related to poor detoxification of estrogen or too much lingering estrogen in the body, which is, you know, it's a good hormone to have, but it's growth promoting. So yeah, it needs to be in, in balance. Um, the other thing is a lot of the chemicals out there, environmental chemicals or toxins are what we call hormone disrupting chemicals or endocrine disrupting chemicals. So they actually mimic our body's own endogenous natural hormones. So um, Things like BPA and plastics, your phthalates that you find in skincare, hair care, you find phthalates and um, all kinds of things. And BPA and BPA-lined cans. What else is there? There's PFCs or perfluorinated chemicals that are your non-stick coating on the non-stick pans, your Teflon pans, or even um, the non-stick coating on bags of popcorn or pizza boxes. So these these chemicals mimic your body's hormones and they cause all kinds of all kinds of um, imbalances and there's ev- more and more evidence emerging about their role in um, a range of different illnesses. Well, I mean, it sounds as though there's quite an extensive list as to things that could be, you know, affecting our hormones. And it like listening to the list of things that you mentioned, it sounds like things that are very ingrained in kind of our societal everyday life. I guess now like what I want to kind of shift into it, which might be like the most important takeaway and question within this is just like, what's, what are some of the really simple things that we can do to start shifting and supporting having healthy hormones within our body? Because it sounds as though the things that you've mentioned, like there's a real balance between, you know, lifestyle choice and diet and, even your environment that you're in, for example? I think stress management is really important. So without going into specific ways to manage stress, I think looking at your lifestyle and and what you've taken on, your workload, um, do you have support with childcare? Do you have um, a network, a community around you to to hold you and support you? You know, starting there... um, is your is your job just is it just overwhelming and stressful? Is is it time to kind of pivot away from that line of work or you know making these kind of choices? They're huge, but at the end of the day, like that stress is going to continue in the background if your life is not shifting in in a kind of calmer direction. Um, and then including managed stress management practices things like mind-body practices, your um, meditation, if that works for you. I mean, so for so many people, meditation is really hard. Your conventional meditation, sitting in silence, feeling your breath. So there are other ways 
to meditate or be mindful or practice mind mind body connection um walking in nature um you know yoga is more of like a movement based meditation in a lot of ways if you if you find a really great teacher who can connect your breath with the flow of mo- movement um tai chi qigong yeah i guess just trying to find a mind body practice or a um stress management practice that works for you and for stress and also if you're going through a particularly challenging time connecting with a natural health practitioner that can provide you with some support around nutrients that your body needs to to provide that calm nutrients that can support the production of GABA in the brain which is that calming neurotransmitter and potentially even some herbs for example adaptogenic herbs I love adaptogens they're they're incredible for regulating the stress response and for also providing you with the energy you need um, to get through the day so some examples of adaptogens are your ashwagandha also known as withania ginseng your um, rhodiola yeah there are there are a full kind of range of them out there but certain ones suit certain stages of chronic stress so you do want to navigate that with the guidance of a um, experienced practitioner then the next one would be supporting your body's detoxification or elimination pathways supporting your liver firstly by reducing your exposure to toxins um, swapping from chemical cleaners to natural cleaners swapping from skincare and hair care that is loaded with toxins to more natural alternatives and then supporting the liver with foods you know protein rich foods and cruciferous vegetables so your cabbage your cauliflower broccoli brussels sprouts these these vegetables have certain compounds in them that support phase 2 the second part of liver detoxification so phase two liver detox so they're really great at at ridding the body of excess estrogen and estrogenic metabolites as well and then the other way to support your elimination or detox pathways is making sure you're adequately hydrated so you're basically you know allowing your kidneys and your body to pee out certain things certain toxins and also supporting the bowel to to have regular flow, um, regular bowel movements. Having plenty of fiber-rich foods in the diet is really important for hormones and detox as well. So your fiber-rich foods are your leafy green vegetables, colorful, you know, having a colorful plate of vegetables with every meal, half a plate of vegetables with every meal is going to be super supportive to um, providing the fiber you need. Other fiber rich foods are your flaxseed, chia seeds, psyllium, those things will help you eliminate toxins. And yeah, I think those are the main ones, the liver, the kidneys, and oh, of course, sweating out toxins. That's huge. So whether you're practicing a sweat exercise or you're having infrared saunas or traditional saunas, as you sweat, your body's eliminating a lot of those endocrine disrupting toxins, your BPAs, your phthalates. They've done studies where they've measured, you know, the levels that come out through sweat. And I think infrared saunas are a lot better than traditional saunas 
to, to rid the body of those chemicals. Obviously, to a certain degree, we can't necessarily completely avoid some of these things if we have a certain lifestyle sometimes. So I think that thing of having a place where you can detox from the things that we're exposed to is like a really important lens. Also being in places or being aware of different brands and different choices you can make within, like you were mentioning, your products, things that can support in low-tox living, for example. Yeah, I don't think you have to throw everything you've got away. My recommendation to my clients is that, you know, you you run out of your moisturizer, then next time you go to the soup, if you're buying it from the supermarket, opt for like an eco store or like there are so many more affordable natural brands you've got ethic eco store if you want something a little bit more luxurious then you know the hana shops got loads available there yeah i mean in terms of skincare and body care there's pretty much a very extensive range on the shop and then obviously tied into that like the infrared saunas as you mentioned incorporating that maybe even just like once a week would you say yeah once or twice a week is a great way to maintain good health you know it's it's not it's not specifically targeting something but if you just want to kind of have a practice or a or a self-care practice that's going to just help you maintain your health I think a couple of saunas a week is great for that now I didn't prep you necessarily for this question but I'm curious to know within your own personal life and practice if there was just one thing that you could implement in order to support your hormones the most and I know it's a tough one to pick because all of those things are really important what would be the first thing that you would tackle for yourself yeah I think it would be targeting diet would be number one the first thing would be diet for me so incorporating more of the green leafy vegetables and the cruciferous vegetables, the broccoli, cauliflower. Yeah, starting there and then opting for complex carbs over refined carbs and reducing sugar just to start with. I think that would be a great place to, to go. And then the next thing would be the toxins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm feeling into the fact that all, all aspects of it are super important. Yeah, it's hard to say just one thing, but I think the easiest thing you can do is rather than take foods away, I think it's better to just add some things to your diet. So, you know, um, add, add, add some broccoli to your plate. If you're not having any broccoli in your diet, start adding some broccoli to your diet and then slowly from there build to a, to a more balanced way of eating. And what does, for you, for example, feeling healthy within hormones, like what's the biggest indication that hormones are really healthy for you? I think for me, it's definitely having energy, having mental clarity is huge. And also a cycle that is is regular. And I like for me, I know that I'm out of balance when I'm having a really nasty PMS lead up to yeah to my period so yeah definitely if I've had a bad month if it's been extremely stressful or I've been kind of like you know having a bit more chocolate or a bit more show you know I can tell because it will show with a more difficult time in that second half of my cycle yeah it's as though for women specifically we have like such a big indicator as to where our hormone health could be at just in looking into our cycle for example or looking into our mood levels absolutely yeah yeah they're good markers 
Amazing. So thank you for that, Shaz. That's so much really, I think, important information and like broken down in such a digestible way to understand kind of, you know, what hormones are and some of the factors that might be affecting them and how we can start to shift that. Thank you for this chat. It's been really fun. We'll be back with lots of other mini episodes like this. So if you have any requests for topics that you want Shaz to talk into within this podcast, um, feel free to get in touch via hello at hannah.nz or you can follow us on our Instagram page where Shaz also puts a lot of this information into writing for us with some really great um, useful content and it really supports the podcast if you can like and subscribe and share with your friends and we really look forward to talking with you again soon